0: Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today.
1: Yeah. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time on this Football Friday. It's December 1st, get used to it. Maybe not this song in particular. But... The
2: mood is right. The spirit's up.
1: We're here tonight. Oh, and that's, that's enough. enough. 303. Yeah. A wonderful Christmas time. i the, on the web on Paul McCartney's website, the merch store. He sells an ugly Christmas sweater. It's not really an ugly. It's not one of the traditionally like ugly ones with a, a bunch of patterns on it. But it's like a green Christmas sweater, a little bit in the pattern of a typical ugly Christmas sweater, with his face wearing a Santa's hat, saying simply having a wonderful Christmas time. And I have I keep forgetting. Someone told me. That they sell out before I always forget. And I went yesterday to see if I could get one and it was sold out again. He sells them. I, I got to like remember to see if they have it in the store and come June. Like they're always sold out. So I'll, I'm, but I'm going to, I'm going to see if I could buy an ugly Christmas or whatever. Cause I'm going to try and get into the mood, right? We need some positivity. Let's enjoy the Christmas as our two football teams sink in this lousy football season. But let's be positive for a second. Let's be positive for a second cuz there is some positivity about this whole thing with Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and even the Giants and Tommy DeVito. First let's get into the Giants real quick on the Wink Martindale thing which by the way I not that it was a huge what a what an amazing prediction I had necessarily but I was right on what happened with Wink and coach Dable. So I think someone asked me 2 days ago, 2 shows ago, what do I think happened and where what's is the genesis of their issues together and I pretty much said that Dable's a tough coach. He yells at his coaches. We saw him get on the face of the offensive uh, the special teams coordinator and so he probably thinks he can well yell at Wink and Wink's an established guy in this league and he probably doesn't like it. And that's exactly what the report was that came out today that uh Wink feels like he's coaching the Patriot way. And that it's fine to yell at some coaches, but not me. And I'm sh- and so the qu- does that matter to this team? Like, do I think Wink Martindale will be back next year? I kind of do. I don't know what other jobs would be out there for him. I don't know if off of this season he's getting any more head coaching jobs. And you know, I think he's comfortable here and he's done a good job here. Does he want to leave for another defensive coordinator job? I mean, it's possible if he gets a good if he gets a good enough job to get out of Brian Dable's uh, hair quote-unquote, maybe. But I don't think it impacts the team in any way. I don't think it's a big deal. But as they're hopefully trying to ride DeVito into the postseason as they come back Monday night against the Packers, who might be uh, coming off a loss against Kansas City as six-point underdogs this week. But the playoff picture in in the NFC is a little bit different than it is in the AFC. Like the Giants do have a little bit of a shot here at four and eight. Um, you know, ahead of them are lousy football teams. Quite honestly, I don't trust the Bucks at all. The Saints are garbage, and I expect the Lions to run all over them this this week. Um, the Rams are talented, and that offense can do things if Stafford's healthy with Cup and uh, the young rookie quarterback whose name I never say correctly, uh, but. Again, the Packers, Seattle just lost at 6-6. Six and six. The Cowboys did them a favor. Uh, so, I mean, there's a way, if they could win some football games, to miraculously try and get back into things. It's not as, I don't know if it's as daunting as it is for the for the Jets, and considering the Jets have now lost how many games in a row compared to where the Giants are at 4-8. and eight. And the offense has started to turn it around. I mean, they scored 10 points off of turnovers against New England, But I do think it's at least a little bit plausible that they could win some football games. I mean, now, they have two games against the Eagles. That's why it's a big game for me, the Eagles and the 49ers. I think all Giant fans need to be rooting for Philadelphia. There's no doubt. Like, if you honestly want to have hope, if you want to believe that they could make this run with DeVito and have this be one of the incredible Giant stories of all time and find themselves playing on wild card weekend – you absolutely need the Eagles to beat the 49ers this week. Where the 49ers in some books are three. I still think in FanDuel it's two and a half. Uh, but they could be I've seen them as much as a three-point favorite heading into Philadelphia. Um, you need with the Giant fans, we need the Eagles to win these games so that the games against us are less important, especially the last game of the year. If they could figure out a way to beat the Niners, I mean, they're pretty much it would be very difficult at eleven and one. And the Niners at eight at eight and four, and the Cowboys at nine and three, and probably the Lions at nine and three. It would be very difficult for me to imagine them needing that last game to secure the one seed. So that's what Giant fans need to be rooting for. But we'll go through the rest of the NFL during the pick segment. We'll do that this this hour. Um, with Marco, myself, Marco's unbelievable. He's in the lead even by He's twenty games over five hundred. The guy is twenty games over five hundred. In a very difficult season. I think I'm, I'm amazed. I'm six games over 500. But Marco's running away with this thing. But we'll do the picks uh, in this hour. And we'll continue to take your phone calls. 877-337-6666. But I do think there's some positivity to this, to this Aaron Rodgers thing. Like I'm, I'm a bit of a curmudgeon there at the beginning. Because I just hate the, the idea of jeopardizing next season. And now it's official. That's exactly what this is doing. Like him coming back and playing behind that offensive line with this team for the purposes of as long as they're not eliminated is a scary process uh, for me. I, the, the, another injury is the worst thing that can happen, but I do believe that him being around the team is helpful, and I do think that they, I mean, you heard you know different guys talk about him. Now, uh, Gary Wilson, who was at a lo- loss for words at the end of the game last week, loss for words, I I have no more words. That was his quote. Uh, I don't know what to say about this offense. I have nothing else to say. I don't, what do you say to the fans? I have nothing to say to the fans. I have nothing to say. What is what is what is he quoted as today or yesterday? We believe anything is possible. We believe anything is possible, right? And that's what Rogers saying. He believes anything is possible. He's going to push this this injury. He's going to push this Achilles heel real hard this week and see what's what's out there. Anything is possible. I mean, he could be back for the Miami game, and if he is. And if they can figure out a way to win two games against Atlanta and uh, Houston, which Houston's a playoff uh, just outside the playoffs right now, I, obviously they've been one of the better stories in the NFL with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback who are tearing up, you know, the the league offensively. At least the quarterback looks like he could on, honestly be one of the better rookie quarterbacks we've ever seen. Uh, so, but if they could figure out a way to beat the lousy. Atlanta Falcons, and then take on and win against the Houston Texans. I, if, they, if, if he's back for Miami, then there's a chance. Then there's a chance because the end of that schedule isn't that tough. The end of the Jets' schedule is not that tough. So it's getting through these first couple games, and I do believe him being around, and the idea that anything is possible helps this team. And if it culminates in a victory this week, and then another home game against the Texans. And then he could be back playing in Miami on the 17th. Leading into a Washington-Cleveland Patriots. It's not crazy. I just don't think it's worth it. 877-337-6666. Rocco in Saratoga. What's up, Rocco?
3: Hey, C-Mac. How you doing? What's up, evening? brother?
1: How we doing?
3: Hey, good, good. You know, just working, working hard, trying to make a little, little money. Just a little money. I don't That's want all to you need. Anything,
1: but just enough to take I, you and the X out. That's I, it. That's all you need.
3: I, oh yeah, we're going out tonight. It's Friday.
1: That's right. Yeah, okay,
3: you know, we're will the Pierros. If you want a bistro in Saratoga, Rock is holding the court. Gotcha. You'll know me. Everyone knows me there. You'll hear my loud voice talking it up about sports, talking it up about C Mac and what a show he's got. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm I'm giving you some pub. Dude. I got you. Thank I'm you. Yeah. Some no. Pub.
1: I, uh, I yeah. listen. I want hey, to be known for the streets vinyl. of Saratoga. Yeah.
3: Oh, def- you're coming up, right? Don't forget. Look me up, dude. You okay. got it. We go. We go to Vistro, and, and you'll see. I'm the man
1: there. Gotcha. But anyway, I have no doubt.
3: Um, uh, Off track records. I want to give them a shout out in Saratoga. Ask me why. They sold me a copy on vinyl, green vinyl, of Paul McCartney's "What a Wonderful Christmas Time." Nice. I love Jason in there. I love it. Yeah, he it's tremendous. Me, oh, he, gets, he gets all my Beatles vinyl. I got a sealed copy of John Lennon's Imagine with nice. the postcard and everything. Sealed original. Nice. All right? So, yeah. Oh, he gets me great stuff. His price is, hey, I don't want anyone to go there. Don't, don't buy my records.
1: All right. Don't all right. Let's, let's right. Let's see if we can turn it a little okay, bit into sports back, here, Rocco. Let's Rock get up. to the yeah. real
3: stuff. Let's get to the Jets. You got to believe. C Mac, you got to believe. They're going to play Atlanta. Atlanta sucks. Okay. They have a quarterback that's worse than Zach Wilson. His name is Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Okay. He's worse. And yet, uh, you know, he's right ah, up there. On. He's,
1: you know, he's right up there. He's pretty, he's pretty awful. I do uh, think, I do, he, he, this defense could have had themselves a day. There's no doubt about it.
3: Yeah. Definitely we're taking Atlanta down. Houston, not so much. That kid is gonna be not only rookie of the year, he could be MVP. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's that good. He has to win he has to win some I'm more games. But yeah, he's been it, that C- good. Mac,
3: no, he's been that good. He's been that good. Yeah, definitely, right? Unreal. Crazy. Who, Ohio State. Who the hell knew? Who knew? Maybe the Jets should have picked him. Oh no, no, he's too good. Of course the Jets well, wouldn't they pick him. But at what the top of you crazy? Hey, see Mac. How could you even suggest that come on
1: I didn't you didn't
3: good I for you though I'll be a facetious I got I'll you a...
1: buddy I got you
3: <laughs> you know that
2: dude okay
3: Giants. hey hey i'm I'm on I'm, I'm on board with the homeboy Tommy eating the lasagna at home it works eating the lasagna why move out Tommy stay home that's Mom right does the, lasagna, the lasagna chicken cutlets that's it yeah
4: Daddy
3: fixed in the plumbing. You <laughs> what? do you need to go? Where the hell do you need to yeah, go?
1: Yeah, listen, I, I hear you Rocco on. Thank you for the call. Um yeah, Devito's been a fun story. A lot of uh soprano gifts. Uh a lot of um you know, I heard Evan and uh, Tiki today were doing uh, the best athletes uh to ever be born in in New York, New Jersey to play for one of our teams. Uh it's been quite the storyline and although they're on a bye they've won a couple games i think the tank is the tanking is over I, i'm i'm disappointed i don't care what you say you want to say i'm a bad fan i don't care what you say i'm not um i want them to win and and not not 5 and not 5 and 8 i want them to be a winning team and a winning franchise which they haven't been for a decade now i'm tired of it i'm just i'm flat out tired of it so I wanted them to lose, but now that's over. Now go out and see what you can do. See if you can win some games with Tommy DeVito. See what the feeling like of this team is. Hopefully, you could build some, you know, goodwill between the coach and the coordinators. But uh, ultimately, I, I think they fall short, especially with two games against the Eagles. I mean, it's not easy. Uh, Frank in Kings Point, what's up, Frank?
5: Hey, Chris, good evening. How are you, buddy? Good evening. How are you? I ah, couldn't sleep that well tonight, so I no? grabbed my tissues. Fish- Grabbed my fishing pole, walked into my yard, second cast, 25-pound striped bass.
1: In your backyard? Well, it's easy to fish yeah, when you have... have a kiddie pool full of striped bass. I mean, it's not that hard. No,
5: no, no. I live, I live in King's Point on the Sound. So oh, the I got you. I thought right you
1: there. just, like, put a bunch of fish in a pool and then went in your backyard and went <laughs> fishing. That's that's easy. No, no, no. no? Okay. <laughs>
5: Listen, the Darren Rogers thing, I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. You know, what... I want to see this guy play. I've had enough. I mean, does, don't you think that, the, you know, the, like Beningo says, that the Jets, um, they, they owe it to the fan base to, to see this guy on the field. No, the
1: I, I they owe it to the fan base to not jeopardize next season. They owe it to the – he's in there selling season tickets, right? And and they probably upsold them. They're probably upcharging. They're probably asking for more money for next year because Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. And, hey, a healthy Aaron Rodgers gives you a chance at a Super Bowl not a, I don't know about okay. a 70% Aaron Rodgers at 4 and 7 stepping in and who knows what they'll be when he finally does step in if if that ever happens like i there's a there's a time for it, and it would be one thing if I if I was told that there was not another. And I heard like again, not to always not to reference Evan, but like these are the conversations, and he was having a good one about and because you, you mentioned Beningo too. Him and Beningo have been the two guys that are really pushing this. Bring Aaron Rodgers back when most people are on my side or you know our side of don't want don't think it's worth it. Um, the idea of hey we don't even know what we don't know if if he's in greater risk to get injured who knows well now it's right. now it's out there he is at greater risk to get injured he's at greater risk to get injured he's not going to be 100% it's about you know protecting himself and protecting right. himself with a horrendous injury riddled offensive line for for this i just so you could say you saw him like I, I don't nope. think I don't think they owe I think they owe to the fans a championship inside the window that they brought him here. That's what they owe. They owe a, a trip to the Super Bowl in the three years okay. he was supposed to be the quarterback. And this one's right. already. I'm not adding good money after bad. I'm making sure next year's as good as it can be. Look, so, all
5: right. I, okay, I hear you. I, I, let's, yep. let's go with that for for a second. Does anyone in the Jets organization have the power? To tell him no, you're not playing
1: this year. Um, flat out tell him no. I don't no, know. No, you're not playing. Yeah, I don't. You're,
5: I, an I, you're an employee. Yeah, if you work for us, I, I, Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, I think they're, Yeah, I mean, of course there are. I mean, he, can, he he can't just show up and play. With, like, if Woody says no, if Douglas says no, if the coach says no, and they, you know he's not he's not going to run on the field and like you know throw Boyle to the sideline and say I'm playing. It no, doesn't matter. But, will they? Will but they yeah, that that's me. the that's the question. Do they have the like? Will they? Um, I think they'll have a conversation about it, and I think they would strongly and in, in, incline and try and convince him that it's not worth it. But you're right. I, your point is fair. I don't know if he has his mind set on playing. And if, they're not, if they win one of these next two games and he thinks he can play against Miami and they are not mathematically eliminated, like is he willing to do that and then can someone talk him out of it? I don't know. I don't know how badly he wants to get back. I would think, I would like to think that he's proven enough to be where he's at 11 weeks out of a surgery of that caliber is a remarkable accomplishment on its own. Like he doesn't have to go out and play the games necessarily to to be something. Like the idea that he's practicing and able to do it on any level is remarkable. Like I know there's many people. I'm I'm pretty sure. I listen a lot to the morning show. I'm pretty sure Boomer never thought he would practice or at this point be practicing. I don't think anyone thought that. Like there was a there was a point where he would just be like, I yeah, forget it. But now he's back with the team, talking to the media, around the guys, doing things with the sales team, like being all about it. And I do think it helps the Jets, and I think that's part of it. I do think that's part of it. I think they believe that. I think this coach, remember it was a couple weeks ago, we need you? Right? He, uh, he sat on Pat McAfee, like I, he called me, he's like, hey, we need you. I went down to the game. Like, I, I think the coach feels it too. This is a team, and this is a big part of why Aaron Rodgers is back, in my opinion, a big part of why Aaron Rodgers is back is obviously to play, no doubt. First and foremost, to play. I don't want to make get it twisted, but even if he doesn't play, this team is on the verge of falling apart. This team is on the verge of collapse, and this defense, in particular, I do believe is on the verge of giving up. I, I know that's their professional athletes, and that should be a major indictment. And in many ways, it is. But it's also just the offense gives them absolutely nothing. And at some point, like knowing you're throwing out Boyle or you're throwing out Zach Wilson or you're throwing out these quarterbacks who can't play, and the offense is, you know, for weeks they're talking about we gotta score, we gotta score. If you go into a game thinking if we don't score defensively, we can't win, like time and time again, week after week after week after week, like you can't you, you it's just it's impossible to keep that up. And The idea of Rodgers coming back and playing and being around the team and watching him practice could help minimize the chance of this team absolutely collapsing and giving up on their coach the last few weeks. And the coach is hanging on for dear life to keep his job. I mean, I think it's pretty safe considering Aaron Rodgers and all this, but, I mean, coaches need to win football games, plain and simple. That's how they view it. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. We might all be wrong about Aaron Rodgers and his pull with the, keeping the coaching staff in intact. In, in I think it's probably very secure. As long as Rodgers wants them, they're going to keep him. But if this team absolutely falls apart and the defense starts giving up 30 points and they're getting blown out in these games and they can't do anything offensively and the defense doesn't stop anybody and it looks like a bunch of lackluster performances and they're getting beat by the Cleveland Browns and they're getting beat by the Patriots the last game of the year by 10, 15 points when the Patriots can't beat anybody? And don't tell me that Bill Belichick, possibly on his way out of New England, doesn't want the idea of maybe his last game as a coach of the New England Patriots not to wipe the floor with the New York Jets. So, I mean, the this team, this could get really ugly. And I think part of the reason he's here is to help prevent that. Stuart in Brooklyn. What's up, Stu Pot?
2: Nah, yeah, good morning. <clears throat> good morning, good?
1: sir. How are you on this Friday morning?
2: Yeah, How are we doing over. on a football Friday, Stu? Rela ha- trying to get over a bad cold.
1: I hear you. That's I've only been doing that for about five or six weeks.
2: No. Uh, so it's it's it
1: gets I wish I could tell you it gets easier.
2: No, it's getting better, but I It's getting mean, better, better all the time. Day need one more day, then I can get back to being not normal, whatever that may be. Oh, Chris. I don't that, think you'll uh, ever rogers, get there, but good luck. No, that's all right. Oh, <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, rogers he's trying to prove a point, but the thing is, <clears throat> the risk is worse than the reward.
1: Yeah, the, the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze, man.
2: Right, exactly. But the thing is, Chris, he, if he gets hurt again, he might be finished. I don't know if he I, realizes
1: I, that. I don't, I don't think, you know, he does not. He does not realize that. My By idea. his comments made yesterday, he does not realize that. The idea that, oh, if I get hurt, what's the risk? I'll just, I'll okay. rehab and come back again.
2: Now, they're, they're, like, This time, this time, there won't be no rehab because they won't be able to have a rehab. My sister's what do you a mean? physical therapist, Chris. Yeah. She She, she talks to me every time I do something, like injure myself, she says, back off. Back off, back off. No, right. me being thick headed and stubborn, I go ahead and do it. Mm. Last year I fell, I hurt my knee, and my knee had an abscess on it the size of Mount Rushmore, and I had to have mm. a drain. Okay, after two days, after I had a drain, I was back in the gym on the treadmill doing speed 3.8, incline 12 for, 40, for 65 minutes.
1: hmm. Well, I, I, I understand. But Stu, I, I don't want to be mean to you, but. I don't know how old you are, and I appreciate that. 71. And I'm sure you're in great shape for a 71 year old. And the idea that you know exactly what incline and speed you go on the treadmill means you're dedicated to it, and I appreciate it. But you are not a world class athlete.
2: No, I'm not. Aaron Rodgers is a world
1: class athlete. Yeah,
2: but if you do it so many times. I understand. I'm concerned about
1: it. I'm concerned about it too. But I, I can't go as far as to say his career is over. He would know better than I. I think there is still a chance of rehabbing and coming back. But, I mean, I can't count on it if I'm the Jets. That's my point. That's my fear. How can Joe Douglas and Woody and, and this team really consider really and feel good about moving forward with the plan of Aaron Rodgers for the next two years to try and win a championship when he's 40 years old coming off two torn Achilles in three months? That's something I can't live with if I'm the Jets. Forget him. Like, I I think he needs to really think on whether or not he wants to do that at 40 years old. A man who is at the beginning of this year in a darkroom retreat, 90% retired. Like, I know they rejuvenated him. I know going, I know getting, you know, I know getting some some jewelry from uh, Sauce and going to these games and Broadway shows and, and getting in a new building with a new atmosphere has rejuvenated him a bit. And now he, you know, he's, 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 Retirement is so far in the, the rear view, it's not even worth discussing. But at the same time, like it's I can't imagine the rehab would be the same. Is he going to have this same exact surgery, the same exact try and push it and get back as soon as possible? Like, Is he going to go through all this again immediately back to back? I mean, I, I don't know. And then, even if he does, what's the likelihood? Is is it more likely to hurt it a third uh, to tear it a third time if you've already torn it twice? I would think so. I would think the more times you tear it, the more likely it is. So, that's the last thing I want. That's to me. That's worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is not losing the rest of these games and never seeing Aaron Rodgers and getting ready for next season. That's not worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is him out there on the field, and. Sometime in the second quarter, this thing goes and he's laying on the ground and in comes Boyle throwing on the sideline while they're, you know, taking care of Aaron Rodgers, and then they get him off the field and in comes Boyle to play the game. That's worst case scenario against the Dolphins. That's worst case scenario. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. McMonagle here with you on this Football Friday. We got picks coming up. The winter meetings are around the corner, and I'll tell you why I'm concerned that there'll be a big time snooze fest, and we'll uh, and, ho- and there's a chance that nothing happens because we are waiting for shoes to drop. Call us 877-337-6666. Powered by
0: Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus.
4: Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait
1: for it. Ah, here we go, we on and go here with the So the Nets drop a heartbreaker, 129-128 to the Hornets. The Knicks hold off the Pistons, who have now lost 16 in a row. Uh, Brunson scores, what was it, 42 uh, points in the victory, 118-112. But there was a, a little story inside the game that was actually pretty amazing and compelling about um, Mitchell Robinson. So I what, it was early in the game, and they uh, the TV broadcast decide uh, goes to Mitchell Robinson's high school coach who's in the stands. And they start to interview him, and he tells a story about how Mitchell Robinson has now brought him to New York to live with him. Because the guy's wife died in September, and apparently Mitchell, you know, adored his adored his wife as as obviously he cares very much about his high school basketball coach and and his family, and it must have really uh, have a had a relationship and cared very much about the guy's wife as well. And so his wife passed away in September, and I suppose he's retired and not teaching anymore. I don't know because he was an older gentleman and. Mitchell Robinson told him, "Listen, you need to get away. Come with me. Let's stay in New York for a while. There's no reason for you to be here. I guess I don't know if he has kids or family in New Orleans in uh, um, Louisiana. So he brings him to New York, and he's helping him, you know, deal and cope and giving him a friend through the process of dealing with the grief of losing his, I'm assuming, long-term companion. That's, that's, a, that's a great story. I mean, it speaks a lot about Mitchell Robinson who's having a great year. I mean, he's an offensive rebounding machine. The Knicks are one of the better offensive rebound, if not the best, offensive. I think they were second to the Jazz. Oh, I forget which team I was looking at. But they're like the second best team in the league offensive rebounding. He's become a rebounding machine. He's having a great season. The Knicks are now 11-7 and seven and playing pretty good basketball as they await that. I didn't see that... In season tournament, we all keep hearing about. We can't wait for it. But that was a really a very nice, touching story from from uh, the NBA and Mitchell Robinson and the Knicks. I mean, to to bring this guy to New York to live with you, to help him get through probably what would be the most difficult time of your life. I'm sure, especially. I mean, you hear not to get too morbid into this kind of thing, but I don't know how I don't know how old the gentleman was. But, you know, sometimes when you lose a partner for that long, you feel like you've lost your purpose. I mean, we hear stories about that all the time. So if he was really alone and had no family and had no reason to stay in in Louisiana, which is what he said, or at least no family that lives there, I I don't know. But instead of having him just hang around in mourning and sadness alone, in the house where him and his wife lived, he said, why don't you come with me to New York, have an experience, spend some time, live with me, be around the Knicks. That's that's an amazing story, and what a great job for Mitchell Robinson. It speaks volumes about the young man's character. Really, a great story. Was, uh, at, at first, like, he, st- he started talking, he's got the Louisiana accent, and he... They were, they were asking him about what's going on with Mitchell Robinson, and he, he said the word rebound about 35 times. And I was like, who is this guy? And then he goes into this really nice, profound story about how Mitchell Robinson and him are, are friends and how Mitch is helping him through this dark time in his life. It was very, very nice to go along with the win. That was a great story. And, again, it speaks it speaks volumes to Mitchell Robinson. So I was watching that on uh, one of the TVs, obviously, is the the Knicks – held off the Pistons. They were down heading into the fourth quarter. It wasn't a great game for them. You know They, should, they, they allowed the Pistons to hang around, but Brunson, it's one of those games where they had, you know, Randall got off to the terrible start. He's been much better as of late. I think it was 2020 the last game. But when Brunson decides he's going to win these games, that's what happens. I mean, he just dominates these games late, you know, Scores forty two points. I mean, he's he doesn't have to score, and sometimes when you watch the Knicks, his best games, or he doesn't need to be the leading scorer or the guy, but sometimes he needs to step up and be that guy. And Brunson's been able to do that, and he is clearly for you know, I mean, he's clearly the the leader of the team and their best player and someone who steps up. But Mitchell Robinson's having one hell of a year. He leads the eleven. He he's averaging eleven point two rebounds a game. I don't know if these are. These stats contain tonight's game, but 11.2 rebounds per game. He leads them in steals with 1.4 game. He leads them with blocks. I mean, he's been he's had a tremendous year, and that was a very very nice story. So good for him. And then the other TV I was watching the Cowboy game as they went back and forth. I actually hit one of the random parlays. Amazingly enough, just one of those went on. I wasn't sure what to do. I was going to bet the under. Because these games have typically, these, these, uh, the primetime unders are hitting at a crazy clip. Really, unders throughout the league. There was a week this season where every single under hit. I forget which week it was, but there was a week earlier in the year where every single under hit for the week. But these primetime unders in particular have been. So I was just, you know, I was going to maybe bet the under or something. I'm looking at different things and. Right on the front thing, it was a a touchdown parlay. It was Metcalf, um, Lamb, Cooks, Pollard, all have to, you know, all touchdowns. And I nailed it. Sweet. But the game was obviously good, and Dak is having one hell of a season. I mean, Dak, there was a lot of talk at the beginning of the year surrounding Daniel Jones that I always found particularly interesting. Interesting. To put it out, I I never believed Daniel Jones was as good as many people thought he was, and there was a lot of talk about in the division, and obviously Hertz had taken such a leap last year that you could no longer put him in Daniel Jones in that realm, but there were still people this year heading into this season off the contract he got off the playoff win, which is something Dak has not done a good job of. We understand that you know he's he they, he's had talented teams that have just. Choked in the big moments, no doubt about it. And he's lost a lot of playoff games, but watching Daniel Jones win a playoff game and, and you know, play the way he played last year and earn that contract, suddenly it was, you know, behind Hurts, who's the best quarterback in the division? Oh, Daniel Jones is. Well, Dak is having an MVP type season. And for all the consternation about uh, McCarthy taking over the play calling, that's been a success too. And this Cowboys team, especially at home, they were going over all the, um, the statistics in the game, the difference between the, them on turf and them on grass, uh, they are so much better on turf. Most most people tell you they'd rather play on grass. The the Cowboys are just so much a better team at home. And while this game had its moments and a ton of penalties, my God, it seemed like every pass there was pass interference. I mean, there was one point where Seattle threw three straight touchdown passes and they all got called back. But ultimately, just too much. This offense is too much. Too much. And Seattle hung in there and played well, got off to an early start, hung in there. Geno Smith had one hell of a day. Metcalf with three touchdown receptions, and Geno Smith was slinging it all over the place and going deep and getting pass interferences and big plays. But ultimately, the Cowboys are on top, and it's good for the Giants, amazingly enough. The idea that uh, that, uh, Seattle lost is good for the Giants, and you want the top end of this this conference to start beating those middle teams. And the Dallas Cowboys did it for him. It was an interesting game. All right. We'll break. We'll come back real quick. Marco's in here, this winning son of a gun. He doesn't lose. So we're going to have to figure out a way to snap him out of it. Because I can't lose the first year on my show. And it would be very nice of him if he would have realized that. I mean, we've had some arguments. He thinks he's got the better of those. It's my show, Marco. Can't come on the first year. Can I have the first year? after? No. after <laughs> Can you just give me the wins? Yeah, I don't give anybody anything. Oh, really? Nothing? You get nothing. Oh. There was a VD joke in there, but I'm not going to make it. 877 337 I had to say it. It popped <laughs> in my head. I had to say it. All right. We're rolling here on the fan. See, when you, you go and I go, I was thinking Willy Wonka. You go there.
4: See the differences uh, in our brain. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, C Mac, I think everybody in the world was thinking Willy Wonka, <laughs> except for you. <laughs> I was thinking how Marco probably shows yeah. that to his kids on their birthdays. <laughs> yeah.
1: You get nothing. You get nothing. Yes. Christmas is coming. You get nothing.
4: Your official
1: station to talk Nix. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Dallas over Seattle. And now it's time for our picks. 877-337-6666. We'll still take your calls right after it, but let's get into the picks real quick for this week. Again, we did the schedule. uh, Excuse me, the standings. I forget what we did last week. I'm just going to give you the numbers. Marco, currently in the lead at 39-19-2. So he's 20 games over 500, this guy. 20. I am 32-26-2. Only six games over 500, and Fliegelman has had a couple of good weeks, but still under 500 at 26, 31, and 3. All right. Let's go. You know how it works? We do the two locals, we do three other games, but since there's only one local this week with the Giants having the bye, we will do the Jets, and we will do four other picks to give us a nice round number of five. It's easier for me to do math.
4: Fliegelman, you're up. Well, first off, I'm going to have to go over the math with you because I have myself at 27. Th- it's still a bad record, but it's uh, closer to 500. Okay, Itching closer. No,
1: no. what do you have me, yourself as?
4: One game bet. Only one oh, game. 27:30 and three. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'll start with the local game. Listen, I. you've talked about the Jets a lot this week and thinking they'll win, and and I kind of agree with all of that, but I will not put any money in any way, shape, or form or advocate for the New York Jets to win a football game in any possible way. I don't care so well. Even though my brain is saying, yeah, you know what? I do like the Jets. The line has come down. They were three-point dogs. Now they're getting a point and a half. I thought it was a a weird spot for the guy who had been advocating all year. Bench Zach Wilson, play Tim Boyle. Then they finally play Boyle, and it's on a short week against the best defense they faced in a a month-and-a-half stretch. I hated how the Jets handled that, and when they made the decision – I do think they probably give you a good effort on Sunday. I'm still not betting it. I I can't advise anybody to do that. So give me the Falcons minus a point and a half. Game number two, I don't know if people realize this, like the football player version of Joe Flacco, that guy died a couple years ago. The Joe Flacco you've seen for (laughs) the last few years is a corpse. He had no interest in moving when he played for the Jets the last couple years. I cannot in any way, shape, or form see Joe Flacco playing well against the Rams who now they have Stafford back. They mm-hmm. won last week. They actually won a couple games in a row and they have a very good chance to make the postseason in the hard NFC. Yeah, they do. It's in LA. I know they don't have a huge home field advantage there, but it's not as bad as the Chargers only laying three and a half. I like the Rams and that's game number two game number three going to Monday night. I love the Jaguars right now minus eight and a half. Jake Browning is now on the injury report. He looked awful against Pittsburgh. I know it's a good defense. Jags' defense is nothing to scoff at. I think the Bengals are done for this year. I think just you know, almost in a similar way as you saw with the Jets, like just at, week after week goes by and you realize we went from that to this at quarterback. It's just going to be demoralizing. Their game gamer so, a loss or so away from completely falling out of contention. And I think they lose big in Jacksonville on Monday night. Game number four. I was looking for one dog because my fifth game is going to be another favorite. I I needed to get a dog in there somewhere, so I'm going to go with the Packers plus six Sunday night in Lambeau. Maybe they figured something out. Jordan Love is getting better. Still not a huge fan of him, but he's getting better. The Chiefs, we know, have struggled on offense outside of the little outburst against the Raiders. The Packers at home, I think they give you a good fight, and they keep this close. Chiefs win, but the Packers keep it close, and they have extra rest too. And then game number five, it's the game of the week, game of the year. How do you not pick it? I know you've been saying, how do you pass up the Eagles getting two and a half all week? I'm passing up. I'm going with the Niners minus two and a half. They've been waiting for this chance to prove what they could really be against the Eagles since Brock Purdy got hurt and then Josh Johnson got hurt in that game in the NFC Championship game. The Niners are steamrolling teams. They've needed the quarterback to be concussed, the left tackle to be injured, and their top wide receiver to be injured for teams to be competitive against them. Philly's been a little smoke and mirrors the last couple of weeks. They're finding ways to win. I think their luck runs out. I almost like them better in the potential rematch after the Niners just put all of their sh- – they, they've just they – put putting so much thought into this game since the schedule came out. I don't know if the Eagles cared about it as much because they shouldn't care about it as much. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So I think the Niners, even though the game's in Philly, I think the Niners give you a big effort and they win that
0: game. Yeah, I'm with leagues on this one. And they have to pick this game, so I'll go right to it. I think the same thing with the, what the Eagles did in Kansas City. And you saw what Sirianni had afterwards with, you know, with the Chiefs fans and all that. The Eagles were pointing to the game against the Chiefs because of the Super Bowl. The Niners, this is their Super Bowl. They've been on it. All year long, they really feel like they got robbed because of the Brock Purdy. I don't know if that's the case or not, Mm -hmm. but they're angry and they're on the road. They've laid everything into this game. I'd be surprised if they don't put together a a monster effort. And I think a monster effort against two teams that are very close is enough to win the game. It's two and a half, so it's a field goal game. I still expect it to be close. It's not like the Eagles are going to get blown out at home in this game, but I do like the Niners laying the two and a half. I'm going to go against Fleegs on one of his picks I like the Browns getting the 3.5 against the Rams on the road. This is not a I-love-Joe-Flacco pick. This is I-love-the-Browns defense, and I don't think you talk about Joe Flacco being a corpse. You're correct. Matthew Stafford can't move either. And I feel like Miles Garrett and that defense is going to be in his lap all game long. You're getting three and a half. So even if they lose by a field goal because they can't put up a lot of points, I think points might be at a premium for both sides because both defenses are going to dictate this game. And I do think the Browns eke out the victory. I think they get the outright win, but you are getting three and a half. I like Cleveland in that one. The other two games, before I get to the locals, is basically picks against teams that suck. I really don't know another way to put it. It's Chargers fair. laying five and a half against the Patriots in New England. Yeah. The Patriots are awful. They're pretty bad. They're awful. Yeah, they're I mean, bad. it's hard to watch. And then, you know, Belichick's not naming a quarterback. Who the hell cares are you quarterback? Is? At this point, I'm I'm surprised we haven't seen Will Greer. Like honestly, like you the last time you saw him was in the preseason. You snatched yeah. him off the practice squad. You put him there and then you refused I, to put him I, in uniform. I, I
1: think they cut him.
0: They brought him back. They, Just did. They, cut, yeah, they burn oh, him back again this week. They put him on the practice oh, squad. God. Malik Cunningham's getting snaps, and yeah. they put Will Greer back on the practice squad. Yeah. They don't know what they want to yeah. do. Everybody is looking at each other. Now, obviously, you're under Belichick. If you're not winning, you're miserable. You're absolutely miserable. So I don't see like a, well, let's win one for the—there's the, nothing to play for. Mm. And I don't think anybody's going to rally on anything. And as bad as the Chargers have been, they can score. And the Patriots can't. I don't care who the hell the quarterback yeah. is. It's five and a half. You're on the road. I don't care. Give me the Chargers five and a half. Gotcha. The other one is the Dolphins laying nine and a half against Washington. Same thing. And I was dumb enough to take Washington with the points last week. They stink. They can't score. <laughs> and the Dolphins score at will. They don't they don't even score because they, you know, put together. They score by accident sometimes. I mean, it just feels like how when Miami gets a couple of scores up, when Tyree Kill has a 64-yard touchdown catch, whatever it is, Washington's going to be able to turn around and make an effort. No, they're not. They're just garbage. They're awful. And I don't see them being able to. Rally late. Get a backdoor cover. I don't buy it. Give me the Dolphins lay in the nine and a half. For the local team, look, I tried the Jets a couple of weeks ago, and I got burned. I've been against them basically all season long. I've done a nice job with the Jets. It's part of why I've had a good record. Although last week, first losing rec- first losing week for me. Amazing. Two and three. First yeah, losing yeah. week. I, we get it. I just don't see how the Jets can put together sustained offense. And I don't think the Falcons are that good. But I do think the Falcons will win, and it's only a point and a half. So I find it hard to take the Jets because I just I can't trust Tim Boyle in any situation. I can't trust the Jet offense. I feel like even when they – a three-yard run is almost like they're looking at you like, hey, we got something going. Got some, like, it's a mess. It's an absolute it's mess. mess. And I don't think it just magically gets itself corrected because Aaron Rodgers threw a couple of passes with a red shirt on. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't see it. Give me the Falcons laying the one and a half.
1: All right. My turn. I'm going to start with Denver plus three and a half at Houston. I just like the way Denver's played. You mentioned the Browns' defense scored 29 points against the last week. I like I like the way Russell Wilson's playing. I like the way their coached. This defense is a mile uh, miles away from giving up 70 points to Miami. I think they're trending in the right direction. And as much as I like Houston, and as much as I love this quarterback, he does turn the ball over a little bit. And I just I just like the idea coming off a tough loss against the Jaguars last week. I just have a feeling he might try and press things, and I just like the direction Den- Denver's going. I think Denver's going to end up being a playoff team. Uh, so I'm going to take I, – I just think there'll be a big turnover in this game. I'm getting the hook, too, which I like. These the, Houston's play, the Houston plays tight games. They could win this game, but I think they'll win it by three. I'm getting three and a half. So Denver plus three and a half. I'm going to go Lions at New Orleans minus four and a half. This is just one of those, the better team playing a miserable team. In my, they've been such a, one of the bigger disappointments in the NFL is that they, for me, the, that New Orleans doesn't have that division in in hand already. Like, they, they should be. Carr has been awful in the red zone. I watch a lot of their games because I like them. They, they've been brutally bad. And this is just a spot where the better team is coming off a just Demoralizing loss, getting just absolutely pounded by Green Bay on Thanksgiving Day in front of the entire country. So I just have a feeling the Lions are going to bounce back and give you a big performance on the road in New Orleans. So the Lions, Lions minus four, and four and a half, and then this is just Vrabel getting points at home against a divisional opponent. Plain and simple. That's if you look at it, he is the most profitable coach as a dog, as a home dog that there is in the history of the NFL. So give me Tennessee. I, I, I think Will Levis could sling it. The defensive backs, there's some injury there for the Colts. They've had a couple of injuries in the defensive backfield. And it's still Garner Minshew against, I think, Will Levis might be able to throw the football around. But this is just the matchup spot to me. It's just one of those, I just go with it. It's a divisional. I'm getting points with Vrabel at home against a divisional opponent. I'm taking it. Plus one and a half. And then I've been waffling on this. I agree with you guys. You have to make the pick. You have to pick the game. I've been waffling on it. I've been talking about the points. But I agree with you guys. I love the Niners. I like the team. Uh, I I agree everything you guys said. I think this is the game they've been waiting for all year. And... The fear is this Eagles team figures out ways to win. They are 4-0 and in games that they are down 10 points. But they also find themselves down 10 points a lot. They they have not really clicked at any point, And the Niners are arguably playing their best football of the year. Philadelphia is not. And plus, they're coming off a battle, an overtime battle against Buffalo. And they're coming off 10-day rest against a cakewalk against the Seahawks. I think they're just in a much better place for this game. The number opened. The number hasn't moved. It opened up Philly minus one, I think, on Sunday. Before they, uh, right as that game ended against uh, Buffalo, it's gone all the way to two and a half, and it hasn't moved. It hasn't come back to Philadelphia at all. In some spots, I still see it at three, and it's like plus uh, uh, that. It's like minus one twenty. Uh, Niners at two and a half. This might go to three in most books by the end of it. So the money's still going on the Niners. I just, I just, I just have a feeling the Niners are going to win this game. So I'll take the Niners minus two and a half. And then as far as the Jets go, you're all forgetting something. This story of Aaron Rodgers will never die. It's not going to die. It's not going to die this week. We're going to have to talk about whether or not he's going to come back next week. And if they get blown out or lose to the Falcons, it kind of starts to begin the end of this story. And it will never end. I will be forced to talk about it every single week. So I promise you, Jet fans... You are going to win this game because we will continue to hear about whether or not Rodgers is coming back. Plus, Desmond Ritter is the quarterback. I think this Jets defense could turn him over a bunch. If you can stop the run, which, listen, I think the running back, Robinson, is as talented as they come. It's been weird how they use him. The coach had to get a talking to about how to use their talented rookie running back. I just I, There's something about this team that just they have good games. Defensively, they're okay. But on the road, I still just feel the Jets defense is going to figure out a way to make life impossible for this Atlanta offense. And if they could just figure out something, something offensively, I think they win the game. So give me the Jets plus one and a half. All right, those are the picks for what week is this now? 13?